Welcome to the Roadcast Show, where we drink, smoke, joke, and talk about different perspectives on real-life problems and situations. So we as a community of people, we come together as a whole to help each other. I'm Bruce. And I'm Lee Train. This episode, we highlight the homegirl's business, Shantara's little shooting stars. The conversation is interesting, informative, and at times funny, but only perspectives, whether right or wrong. While sipping on whiskey, this will be presented to you as recorded. These are adult situations and conversations with adult language. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 7. guest Ms. Shatera Moore. How you doing Shatera? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Not a problem. That's what we do. We try to get motherfuckers that they come from the same motherfucking shit we come from and we try to conversate with them because you know you like more know about it's like we grew up together but we didn't. You know what I'm saying? We all came from like the same little coconut shell. Like we all know about that little coconut shell and we can explain this to other motherfuckers. But today, we off into some black history, black woman starting her own business type of shit. I probably could have thought of black some more sophisticated words to say, ship. but those are the words that came uh, to my head. So, so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you from? And a little bit about where you from and education and where you went to school. And- um. I grew up in Menlo Park in East Palo Alto, but I kind of was behind the scene because I went to school the first six years of my life. Well, the first six grades of my life, I went to a private school in Redwood City called Redeemer Lutheran. And then in the seventh grade, I went to Bellhaven. And it was kind of like a culture shock because at Redeemer, there was 100 kids and 10 of them was black. And at Bellhaven, it was like 800 kids, and two of them were not black. So when I got there, it was like, okay, this is my neighborhood. I should fit in quite nicely. And it did not happen that way. Um, you didn't understand the black kids or something? It wasn't that I didn't understand them. Black it was, was just that the school that I attended previous to that ran totally different from Bellhaven. Right. Um, and because of that, well, there was a lot of things that were factored into it. I will say that. Like, my teacher died. What in, te- at what school? At Bellhaven. So we had a substitute teacher pretty much for the whole year. And, um, again, I went to a little white school where we went to church on Fridays. Yeah, Lutheran. I heard you say that. Correct. I went to, I went to one. So, so when I got to Bellhaven and the substitute teacher passed away and kids would come to school with wrenches and screwdrivers to take apart the desk and putting books on top of the door. So when the substitute teacher opened the door, they fall on his head and we running through <laughs> substitute teachers. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Yeah, you had kids taking shit. What you mean screws and screwdrivers? They was taking apart. They took apart the desk on purpose. They well, I put, saw fall on the teacher? No, because they was bored. Oh, oh! I thought they was like devious little kid. Like, we going to put a bucket oh, of water no. over the door when he walk in. They put books on the top of the door <laughs> so that the books would fall on their head. They put a hole in the wall with the fire extinguisher. 
They was just I, like I had never seen anything like that. What grade was this? I was in the seventh grade. Uncle, we weren't wow. even that devious to fuck up the teachers. <laughs> yeah, they, nah, they, yeah, they were, hey. I mean, don't get me wrong. I seen some of my, some some of my parents might have uh, had fucked up some teachers one time or two. <laughs> hey, and then <laughs> one of the things I remember while I was being, there was two people that I knew very well. They were friends. And then one day they fell out, and it was a lunchtime fight. And the girl threw the shirt over her head, stepped on the foot, and drug her around the whole playground. And I was like, mm. Oh, so at this other school that you went to, what was the name of that again? Redeemer Lutheran. Redeemer. Where is that at? In Redwood City. Oh, because I went to a Lutheran, uh, Bethany Lutheran. That was in Menlo Park. But um, at that school, you had never seen a fight or something? Uh, I went to school with... The white kids fight? Yes or no? The fight was... This was more vicious than you ever seen. It was like I don't even I can't even tell you that I saw a fight at that school. I'm being real honest with you. Hey, a fight was just verbal. It was like verbal. You you know the the closest I had to a fight? I was in the first grade and this little white boy slapped me and I slapped him back. That was the closest that I that's a fight. That's about it. At your school though, that was a You said in the first grade, that's a fight. At your school, that was a that was a uh what they call it. It was a riot back then. (laughs) (laughs) They had a riot. Somebody hit somebody. Yeah, it was it like he had a paddle and all the stuff. Like they (laughs) had a paddle. My principal had a paddle. It wasn't no whooped y'all? Yes. I didn't get no whooping. That Lutheran stuff, they will whoop you. You will go see Mr. Bear and Mr. Morris had a belt, but he knew not to whoop me though. Mm -mm. Mr. Bear had a paddle and he had no problem using it. Yeah, I remember Mr. Morris whooped a couple people. I don't know. I think uh, I ain't gonna say no names, but some of you niggas know that listen to this podcast with the Bethany with me in the eighth grade. Y'all got your ass whooped by Mr. Morris. He take you in that office and, and pull off his belt. Yeah, and at Bell Haven, it was no, there was no structure. Well, I guess there was structure. They had good teachers, but it it was crazy. So I was like, hmm. I got into the Center for New Generation. Now where that's at? It was at Menlo Oaks, and I transferred in the eighth grade to Menlo Oaks. Because even though Bellhaven was two blocks away from my house, that was not the school for me. And at Menlo Oaks, um, I graduated a salutatorian. What that mean? I was the second highest grade point average in my class because okay, I Okay, so then what high school do you went to? I went to M.A. You went to M.A.? Yes. M.A. was, was educational, that? good, uh, you was just wilding out. I know it was hood because a lot, a lot of parties that went there. Right? So again, I had the same issue. Like Bell Haven? No, not really. It was in reverse because at Menlo Atherton or MA, I had a lot of people that I knew, but I wasn't in classes with none of them. But what do people knowing people got to do with going to get your education? That's not what I'm saying. Oh. As far as socially wise, oh. I couldn't. It, it was different for me. Like. As, at high schools, they're tracked, correct? There's so they're tracked. You're tracked based on how you produce in the eighth grade. So because I produced differently than most of the people I attended school with, I wasn't in class with none of those people. In my class, it was about 25 white people and me or 25 white people and me and one other black person. So high school was my experience at high school when he said, were well, you wilding out? I couldn't wild out because my Wednesdays I spent with an English tutor because my English teacher was married to her and she called my house and they told my grandma said, you'll be going to see her on Wednesdays. So my lunchtime was going to learn some English. Tower need extra help. And, I'm just <laughs> and so, so what happened was again, 
grandma was like, Shantara, I'm going to get the fuck out of this ghetto. No, what happened was I went to my English teacher and I wasn't doing well. I think I was getting a D. And I was like, yeah, I'm not smart enough to, sorry, I'm not smart enough to be English? in this class. And he was like, yeah, that's not true. That's what happened. English class? Because I was the only black person in the class and I wasn't passing. So I made it made me feel <laughs> inferior. So I wanted to get out. Let me go down so I can actually do some stuff and excel versus being up and failing. Because I know I'm smart, but y'all making me feel hella dumb right now. And they was like, like, nah, that's why I had to sacrifice my Wednesdays. Because they like, we know what you're capable of. You just got to see it. Right. So then you graduated and then you. No, then I got in Rice, which is like, it was like a, like a college prep. I want. I guess. I guess I can call it college prep, but it was like for African American kids who were trying to go to college and had all these other barriers that they were trying to face. So we had a class to help us try to focus on our major, our our final goal. I guess you could so, say. So, but this class was this was while you was in high school. Though, yeah, right? it's called Rise: Realizing Intellect Through Self Empowerment. Yeah, so that's a high school class. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it didn't help you. Yes, it did, actually, because it gave me a sense of belonging. Because remember how I said the other classes, I didn't have any people that looked like me. Well, this was my last class of the day, and everybody looked like me. So it was more of a community. Like It, it was like a decompressed kind of sort of. I could be myself. Okay, I, all right. I know that this was nice. I know this podcast originally started out to be, and we're not going to alleviate from that either. We're going to get to that. But I just, I just had a, a, a light go off in my head. So you live. In East Menlo Park. To me, East Menlo Park and East Paliato is one. But I know that sometimes when I talk to you, you I always, always say differentiate. I'm from East Menlo Park. Yeah, you did. But I understand that because <laughs> that's where you're from. What I'm saying is it seems like, to me, that's just one hood. Like, one hood. Like, that's like another set. Like, that's like Midtown, G-Town, Village, Menlo. Me too. <laughs> that's yeah, what I think mind. of that. Yeah. It's just one. It ain't one city, but it's to me, it's just all the Part people the that fuck around. Is, is, is all one. I, I agree with that. It's all one. But when it so, I I don't know why. I guess just because I love my city, I love my hood. But I've never just grouped myself as yeah, I'm from East Palo Alto. I right. always say I'm from East Menlo Park, and yeah. whether I'm in Jamaica, whether no matter where yeah. I am. I'm from East Menlo Park. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that. where I'm from. I live by. Have you ever heard of Stock? Have you ever heard of Stanford? I live about because they be like Menlo Park. Where is that? Then I say, right. well, East Palo. They know where East Palo Alto is, but I have to make it known that hey, this is where my city is. Right. But I we are one. But Don't when you're talking to me, you even do that. Absolutely, because I'm from East Menlo Park. <laughs> I know, but like if I say, you know, we'll do it. Be like, no, nah, I don't know them. I'm from East. I'm from Menlo Park. I don't know East Palo Alto cats. Yeah. Okay. Well, well first of all, there's two reasons behind that. There is a 12 year difference between us. Mm-hmm. One and two, the way that I would, I told you, I wasn't outside like that. Okay, so that even was, though, that's where I started. That's why this I gave point. the hold on. That's why I gave the uh, the background of me going to Belhaven being a being a, a cultural difference because even though I'm from East Palo Alto Milno Park, and a lot of people know me, they really don't know me. Because right. I wasn't out there hanging like that. Yeah, that was that's why I started this uh, whole conversation because I was like, um, can you like a lot of us got caught up in East Palo Alto Menlo Park business, you know, street business or whatever kind of business you want to label it as. We got caught up in them streets, and I was seeing like it seemed like you 
You know people from your family. I mean, I ain't trying. I don't know if it's cool me to talk about this. But I ain't gonna really get deep. But you know, people in your family and your close friends and people that's like not your aunties, but you consider them aunties because they raised you basically. All these people were street people, and they had got caught up in 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 one shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I'm one, and I was like, could you explain to people like what what made you not take that route? Like, like what like. Did it just happen by accident or did you consciously try not to take, like what made you not take the route the rest of us dumb motherfuckers took? I think all my life I had a balance. So, it, I think I credit my grandparents for that. Honestly, because I grew up in a house with my mom's mom, but I also had the influence of my dad's mother and father which gave me balance because even though my grandmother had a whole lot of children, my dad's side of the family presented more of a family oriented environment. My mom's mom, her husband passed away real early in life. So she had to assume the authoritative role. So she was going to work and back and forth and the love and everything was there and she was providing. But as far as like, it was just a different feel. Like you go, you know, you have the fun house and then you have the, the strict house. Right. Well, I lived in the strict house and... It was more exciting to go to the fun house. Correct. But the strict house gave me that... Like my, I was just having a conversation with my grandma today and we we're talking about one of the things she instilled in me was never go anywhere without any money. And that's law to me. And no matter people, oh, I got you, I got you. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I ain't got it. So I got to stay at home because you never know what's going to happen. And I don't want to be in a situation where I'm stuck and I don't have any money where I knew I could have stayed at home and been okay. Yeah, I don't got to run off and leave or and then be stuck with no money, nothing. Correct. And as I was, as we were talking about that, she said, I said, the problem is people always say that I'm spoiled because, you know, I, I guess I never wanted for anything. And I never really got told no, I say, until I was in my 20s. Because I don't even know what no means sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you. But still, I was always taught independence. Just go out and get your own. Like I always had summer jobs and stuff like that. But I also knew that if I wanted something I couldn't afford, I better not steal it. And bring it into my grandma's house. If I needed something, I better go ask her for it. Because if I steal it, it's going to be a misunderstanding. And that's just the way that, that's something that was instilled in me at a younger age. So when I talk about balance, it's like, oh, even though I know people that do things, I just, I don't condemn anybody. I don't judge anybody. That's their life. They do what they want to do. I just make my own decisions and my choices. So even though I have friends who decided that I'm going to drop out of school and do, that wasn't my choice. I also had friends who were on the same path that I was on. So we linked up together because I knew what I wanted to accomplish in life. Like I'm, I, I kind of marched to my own drum, my own beat, and I'm not a follower. So I can sit in the car with people Broke doing all traits. Pretty much. I can sit in the car and you could be doing all type of things. That's on you. I know what I'm not going to do and I know what I do do. And you can't influence me to do anything that I don't want to do. Right, because in the vulnerable years, then when you walk, then when, them years is when it's easy to influence you. Absolutely. Like a motherfucker could tell you some shit that don't make no sense and make it make sense to you. Absolutely. At that age. Because Absolutely. you're just looking for something. You're looking for what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do this. Like a fucked up teacher could have led you the wrong way if he was the evil motherfucker. 
this is a fact. Okay, so so when you went to Tuskegee, what school did you go to? Hmm? That's the name of the school, Tuskegee? Tuskegee University. Oh, he <laughs> like, dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you, like, what? What school did I go to? Where I that's went at? to Tuskegee University. That's in Georgia? In, no, it's in Tuskegee, Alabama. Oh, you got the country. I'm in the pride of the swift growing south. It's about 20 minutes away from Auburn University. Ooh. So since you went to that snow, what you say, said it was snow cloud program in high school, some program? The program you... I was in a RISE program. A RISE program? Yes. So since you went to that Arise program, I'm pretty sure that by the time you got to Tuskegee, you already knew what the fuck you wanted to do. Well, no, Rise just assisted me in completing that goal. But because of the because of the courses that I took at MA, I was also kind of in the same track when I got to Tuskegee. So because I took Honors English at MA, I was in Honors English at Tuskegee. But it was a difference because, so let me let me say this right quick. <laughs> when I was applying was to I, schools, I did not apply to one school in California. Not one. I knew that I wanted to get away from California because I wanted to see people that look like me. I knew that I wanted to go to an HBCU. So um, I went on a black college tour when I was in at MA with this man named Carl Ray. It was probably the greatest experience ever. It was five days. Uh, we went to Clark, Morris Brown, Spelman, Morehouse, in Tuskegee and the last stop was Tuskegee because Carl Ray was a Tuskegee alumni which I didn't know at the time and when I got there I saw flying roaches and all type of stuff and I was like yep there's nothing here but dope rolls and trees this is not the place for me that's a Tuskegee yes okay. and I just knew Atlanta is where I'm going I need to be there it's popping I got to go it's gonna be lit so you're gonna go to Clark my little cousin yes. went to Clark. Clark I just knew it but then I had to make the decision are you going to get an education or are you going to go park? You don't think you can get a good education at Clark? You can absolutely get a great education at oh, Clark. Oh, okay. But again, here I am, 17, 3,000 miles away from civilization. And I came in a bubble. So I don't know very much about life for real. Oh, they don't got no shopping malls and shit in Tuskegee? No. What you mean? No clubs and shit? Down oh, you know, you get There's the Georgia. There's holes in all you in get Tuskegee. To, you get the Georgia. You get all the strip clubs. Correct. All the shit. <laughs> and Tuskegee, everything is 20, 30 minutes away. That ain't far. Shit. You don't have a car. It's far. Man, and they 30. Wait, 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 let me back up. Back, back up. These, these, are, 30 minutes away. these are 30 country miles. Let's, let, me, let me add that on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if your gas tank ain't right, you might not get it. Right <laughs> gas. Nobody's making trees, it home. Yeah, nigga, you gotta take some, <laughs> some gas out of tractor or something. <laughs> <laughs> you get some motherfucking gas. But yeah, so so again, though, but there we we I don't know how we did it because we were broke, but we partied all the time. There was clubs. There was all kind of stuff to do in Tuskegee. Don't get me wrong. Let me not make you think that it was just a boring place to be because it absolutely wasn't. I took. Somebody the other day, I pulled all-nighters all the time and then got up at 6 o'clock in the morning to write 10-page papers to turn in at 8 o'clock in the morning because, hey, that's what you do in college, I thought. I don't know. Being stupid for real life. Uh, 
That's just that fresh out of my grandma's house. Exactly. I'm out. Wide open. Free. It's gone. It's all in the crack. All the energy in the I world. I came here to do something, <laughs> but I also want to do this too. So I'm going to do both. But, so here's the thing. We still had a curfew though. Like, I didn't have a curfew in California, but when I got to Tuskegee, there was no, like, <laughs> I have to pause because there's truth in this and then there's absolute no truth in it. But there was no cohabitation of people of opposite genders. Like, you couldn't have a person visit you that wasn't a female. That wasn't supposed to go down at all. Shit, TV let you know that. that and then that, at 12 o'clock, everything's supposed to be closed. And unfortunately, at include, 12 o'clock... Include legs. And Women's unfortunately, <laughs> at 12 o'clock, the RA leaves and everything opens, including legs. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about myself, okay? We're not talking about me. I was going to school to get my education. I don't know what them other people was doing. <laughs> that was a whole bunch of activities at school. Yeah. <laughs> I was in my dorm room every night at eleven fifty nine. Okay, so now back, <laughs> back to uh, <laughs> but I was originally saying I'm taking over my podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, you asked me a question. Questions. Yeah. I'm sorry. Your questions be whole, your answers to your questions be whole stories, Literally. but ain't nothing wrong with it because that's what <laughs> this is about. Get it off your chest. But what I was saying is, I was asking you about uh, I keep getting the name. SoundCloud. Rise. <laughs> SoundRise. Where you know what I'm saying? Where they prep college prep type thing, right? So yeah, okay, let's go back there. Because it was See, wait, there you go again. Because okay, it was a class full of people that looked like me. Right, 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 right. But but at past that point, what I'm saying is That's so what when made you it got important. Right. But when you but it was helping you with some college things. Yes. And so but when you got to Tuskegee did you already know like what you wanted to do with life after Tuskegee? Did you already have like I know I'm gonna take these classes and these classes, and these, or was you like one of them students who just I'm just taking classes and I'm gonna figure this shit out? Yeah. Did you had that? That was my question. That was what I was getting to. I absolutely thought I knew what I was gonna be doing once I graduated Tuskegee. Yes, I was on a run. I was on a trek. So again, because of the way that I ended up at Tuskegee, it wasn't my first choice. And it didn't offer the program that I wanted. I wanted to have either a pre-law program or a criminal justice program. But at Tuskegee, they offered political science. So I learned more about politics than law. So when all this stuff that's been going on for these past four years, I'm like, yeah, not, I, I wasted my money at Tuskegee because none of this stuff's supposed to be happening according to the stuff that I studied. But I learned a lot at Tuskegee about politics and the way that things run and things like that. So I also found out that if you want to be a lawyer, you can major in pretty much anything. So I didn't have to major in political science to be in that track. And here I am majoring all those things with all these student loans. And who am I doing right now? I am a preschool teacher. So so when did you really start getting off into teaching? Um. I did a year as a paraeducator. That's a person who works one-on-one with children with special needs, children with special needs. Um, I worked inside of a first grade class with um, a first grade teacher who was amazing. And in her class, I basically took whatever she, she did, what she taught the rest of the class, and I modified it and individualized it for the little girl that I was working with one-on-one. And while I was in the class, I pretty much just learned 
everything this first grade teacher was teaching and how she taught it. And I fell in love with it. And I was like, I could do this. I want to do this. Motivated so, you? Absolutely. In, in inspired. In there, spy stealing the ladies' uh, tactics. No, I wasn't Take stealing. She, she said, was teaching she said, it to me. She said, I get it from the teacher, then go teach this little girl. I'm just joking. <laughs> that was my job. I right, had to right, modify right. what she did to give it to the little girl on her, on her level. Right. Right, right. Broke her pack. Okay, so <laughs> so what? How long that last? So I did. I was a paraeducator for a year, and then I took a test to become a. I took the CBES, which is the test that you take to become a substitute teacher. And I was a substitute teacher. I fell in love with being a substitute teacher. I did that for six years. The only problem with that, so I worked in East Palo. I kind of loved it because I was able to teach the children of the people I grew up with people I went to school with, like I was teaching their kids. It was like the greatest thing ever because I was able to give back to my community and do what I love to do. So it was like, oh, my homegirl son, stupid than a motherfucker. And they gave me four. And they, no, no, no. Wait, hold on. Like, you know your son is kind of slow. Like, you know, they're like, why my baby getting these badass grades? Well, you know, look, homegirl. You know, me and you, we go way back to Bale Haven. Your son kind of slow. Yeah, Did you keep real with people? B, he starts sliding. Absolutely not. Say A B, he starts sliding. Did you keep it real with the, with your friends, with your kids, mamas and dads? <laughs> Or did you just, or did you beat around the bush? Hey, you know, have you ever had to tell somebody, like, your kid need help that I can't give him right now? Yeah, I'd be like, look, bro, I don't know what you, I don't know. Look, bro, was your girl drinking? <laughs> <laughs> or was she smoking? What the fuck was going on when she was pregnant, nigga? But there's something wrong here. And I think you're going to have to pay for some education for this nigga. this nigga is not comprehending to none of the texts that the government sent us to teach him. None of this shit is working. Yeah. <laughs> This nigga needs special courses. Yeah, something I don't know about that. You need to go check it out. Something. Yeah. Well, okay, so let me back up. Because I have pretty much been around children with special needs all my life, I guess that's my normal. So I've just learned how to adjust things for children who had learning disabilities. Deal now, that's a special teacher. Motherfucker who's going to adjust and adapt. See, motherfucker be like, these kids ain't learning because, motherfucker, you need to learn be versatile in your teaching. That's, a, that's the way I think. Like, you can't teach all kids the exact same way. No. Some Absolutely of them don't not. not understand that same way of teaching. You got to be versatile. You got to be able to observe. And go, okay, maybe I'll try this with him, but everybody else get this because they, 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 they improve. Correct. But he need this little extra special kit. Right. Correct. And that's a good thing about it. Like, I I, understand, I I appreciate you trying to understand, took care how to deal with them type of kids. Because So I feel like my niche are kids that most people give up on. That's who I engulf myself with because I feel like if you just give them the support, Support and love that they need it's my phone if you give them the support and love that they need then they can be successful i don't believe in labeling any kid like i tutor children who are on the autistic spectrum i don't treat them any differently than children that are supposed to be quote-unquote normal we push i just meet you where you are and i push you to where i know you can be i don't make you feel inferior for example today i was working with a little girl we were working on letters today for the first time and she was getting upset because she couldn't duplicate what I was writing. 
Don't worry about it, baby. As long as you try, that's all I want. It don't have to be perfect. We're working on this. I don't want you to feel bad because these other two are answering. One, they're older than you. And two, they've been working on this longer than you. So don't feel bad. Just keep practicing. And that's and that's basically what life is a whole life motto. Just because you're not where you're supposed to be. Just because you're not where you're supposed to be on a spectrum of everybody else's life doesn't mean that you don't have to push forward. Like your your only competition is the person that you were yesterday. That's it. Hmm. I need to answer this phone call. All right, we go. Take a break right quick again. Sorry. I don't allow. Back on. I don't allow children who are supposed to have labels. For example, Down syndrome, autistic, the de- developmentally delayed, mentally delayed. I don't allow that to create a crutch because I believe that a kid can do whatever they put their mind to as long as they have somebody supporting and motivating them. Now you deal with badass kids. Okay, well, let's get off into this because we, we, we've been leading to it. So you run, this is Shantara's Little Shooting Star. So, so tell us about this, your, your, your business, Shatera's uh, Little Shooting Stars. What exactly is that? Um, it got created because I felt like... But what is it? You're telling me why it got created. What is it? What is the, what is the business right now? What is, what, what, is, what is it? If I read this and say... What is that? It's an umbrella. So right now it consists of three different businesses. Yes, tell us. All right. So it started off as an in-home daycare. Mm-hmm. And it is currently transitioning to an in-home preschool. But in a, as I'm transitioning from a daycare to a preschool, I created a virtual slash online preschool. And I also have... Um, because of the pandemic, I have academic and behavioral coaching online where I provide, I guess, basically tutoring service or coaching academic services to children who need assistance with their homework or just adjusting to distant, distant learning altogether. Um, I have children who range from the age of three all the way to 18 right now. Um, and I just, we work on homework. We work on other skills like reading and writing, spelling, things that they want to either improve on or learn a little or learn more about. Okay. So it's like really a good one-on-one type of thing. Yes. The tutoring services, the, um, preschool is more of a group thing. So I have three different sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one in the evening. And with those sessions, um, my most popular class right now is the afternoon session. So in that class, in that class, I have four children who come from East Palo Alto, Texas, New Jersey, and Indiana. And they all come together. And we have a, a a one hour session where they learn basically the curriculum that you would teach at a preschool, but we do it online. All right. So I see. I went on your uh, 
What is this, your web page? <coughs> yes. <coughs> Y'all, this, this week. <coughs> Ooh, shit. Okay. I'll be back at you in two or two. <laughs> okay. So I went on your web page and I scrolled down. Right it say on your web page that well, did I get this off the web page? Cause I went on your Facebook page too. Got some of this stuff, but anyway, in the com in combine them all together. You say you offer many services in order to make sure that no child is left behind. You say you're a behavioral coach that's been in the business for more than fifteen years of experience. They say you you teach development on an emotional level, intellectual level, physical level, and a social level. And it say your courses are phonics, math, science, um, reading, reading comprehension, and, and mu man, I'm like I can't read. Manipulatives. That's what that say. Mm -hmm. Manipulatives. Okay. So, emotional development, what do you mean by that? What, what is emotional development that you give? Is these for certain ages, like these uh, things that you're giving? Well, like you give, um, like when you get to a certain age, you get this training or that training, or do you give all the kids, this is, this is a curriculum for, even when they first start, to start going through some of these development processes that you're talking about? It's for all ages. Um, so as far as emotional development, a lot of my children, this is their first time online, just being in a preschool environment. They have older brothers and sisters who go to school, but as far as them, they're just on the house and in the house on an iPad or stuff like that. So for them, they're shy in a shell and, you know, not really knowing how to talk to anybody outside their family members so I provide a trusting environment I provide a comforting environment I make them feel comfortable enough to to have a conversation with me to interact with me and then the preschool itself because there's other children online their age it allows them to interact with other children so it allows them to express themselves so I ask them what their favorite things are what do they like to do where their favorite places go I, we have open-ended conversations so I propose a question and they are allowed to talk about their feelings and things that you normally don't discuss on an everyday basis in school so we also learn how to say please oh that more social development so I please and thank you and they ask each other how you're doing and we start the day off basically asking each other how they're doing making sure everybody's feeling good it's just more of a family oriented oriented um Learn environment. Okay. You got anything you want to ask me, bro? Huh? You got anything you want to input? Oh. Well, okay. I want to ask you about uh, your virtual learning thing. What do you think are the benefits of the virtual learning you do with your kids? So right now, I think the benefit is them being able to become, because again, I work with children that's three to five. So because schools are closed, 
a lot of children are just sitting at home, not really working on their academic skills or their social skills or their emotional skills. This gives them the opportunity to continue their academic and social skills and still be in the safety of their own home, but still have the opportunity to interact with teachers as well as other other children. So they're getting to make friends and talk to teachers, but still be safe. Right, still be social and all the other good things you need as a kid to be able to learn to virtues of respect and all the stuff you're trying to say give them correct because i can i can easily put a kid in front of an ipad and put some educational stuff on it and they can absolutely learn but they're not interacting with anything anyone and they're not talking to anyone and most kids right now their biggest thing is they're missing their friends i provide a platform where they can make new friends true have any of your kids ever wild out on you you had to uh, do some discipline even though I know what's virtual. <laughs> how do you know the virtual? You, yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, so, how you do virtual? Here it is. Yes. The answer is yes. I've had children tell me, I said, I want you to write the number one five times. He said, I'm only doing it three times. I said, no, I need you to do it five. Said, I'm not doing it at all. And he didn't. He turned his back on me. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. But don't their parents be there? Because they little kids. They be home by themselves? So, no, he was at his daycare. So I have, um, initially when I first started, I had children cause I have a, I have a lovely friend and we both have the same business. So there were children inside of her daycare that were the ages of the children that I service. So I started with them with their tutoring one hour sessions, individual sessions. So he happened just to be one of her daycare children who were paying for one of my tutoring sessions. Uh-huh. So he was at her daycare. Uh-huh. While he had his one hour session. Um, but so in the same breath, being at home probably wouldn't help the situation either, though, because I offered that it, it, it didn't pan out. He just. It was a discipline problem that was out of my hands, so right. I would have to coach him through it. We wasted a lot of time um, because I let him have his moment. And then I'm like, okay, are you ready now? Well, talk, I talked him through it. I, I understand you're upset, but we need to finish this. Do you, need, do you want to finish this? Okay, let's finish this. Right. And then we would go back to what I asked him to do. And we normally accomplish this stuff. But again, we wasted a whole lot of time. So I had to have the conversation with his mom. Like, we need to figure out how we can maximize what we're doing here. Because at this point, we're wasting your money. Right. Because the class ends at a certain time. Correct. Yeah, I'm going to get my money anyway, but I'm trying to help him. I am trying to help him. Okay. Well, we had adjusted his time and everything because we didn't know, well, does he do better in the morning? Does he do better in the afternoon? Let's try this. Let's try that. So eventually he ended up leaving the daycare. So it kind of just... Oh, left where uh, your your friend was had him at the daycare. Correct. So that you, you missed your opportunity to make a little star, huh? Because he wasn't at the daycare no more. Correct. But I mean, it just kind of went hand in hand, though. But as far as the other children go, they st- like, again, they're young. So they time out. They, they, today I had to ask, are, are you mean they time out? They, or they take time out through a break, you mean? Or no, you talking about get your ass in the corner? No, right? no, 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 no. Their oh. brains time out. Like okay, they can yeah. only sit for a certain amount of time before they get antsy. Right. So I have children who are supposed to be listening to me and they, because it, also, because they're in their home, it's a lot Harder. of stuff going on in their right. background. 
little dog running by the cute little brother over there, big brother over there. Correct. So yeah. that's one of that's one of the things that is kind of out of your control in this environment. Right. But I do have parents that are close by. Like when you fill out my application, you have to check. I understand that this is a virtual program. So my child has to be able to sit in front of the teacher by himself, or I need to be able to be near him in order to, because at the end of the day, I can have to teach and keep control of my children. So I can't keep stopping what I'm doing to keep, make sure your kid is on track. They have to right. be willing and able to learn what I'm doing and be on the same path of everybody else because that's taken away. From, correct. That's taken away from the other children who are also paying for an education. Right. That's like, uh, I want to let y'all know that she did come over here and do a whole class in front of us before we start this podcast. And now that little boy, he seemed like he's the one like, teacher, you moving too slow. <laughs> like he wanted to get the education. Like he seemed excited to me about getting it. And his mind was there. So that's how I, I would figure like kids three, what you say you teach three to what? Three to five. Three to five. They ain't even in kindergarten yet. It's like their mamas or grandmamas or somebody be around there like, boy, you better act right and do this and somebody else to help you teach their kid. Like they just leave the kids. They in the background. Right. So like I have I have a little boy who was shy at first because he didn't know he didn't know me for real and the kids he was the only it's him and another girl who comes every day so I have I offer three programs you can either come two days a week three days a week or five days a week so I have children who come two days a week you know they they see each other only on Tuesdays and Thursdays then there's others who see each other Monday Wednesdays and Fridays then there's others that see each other every day are you talking about kids in different classes through different weeks? Like it'd be three in this class and three in this class. And yes. they all get to see each other while yes. y'all on the computer? Yes. So right. on my Tuesday, Thursday class, there's Good. three kids in there. They see each other every Tuesday and Thursday. Right. So they're like new friends. Correct. And then on my Monday, Wednesday class, there's like four kids in there. Well, five kids in there. They see each other every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. And then on my Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday class, they get to see everybody. All the kids Correct. get to be together. Okay, do they, okay, this is a dumb question, but this this ain't got nothing to do with that. But do you, do you give them like recess, like just time to chop it up with each other? Because how, how they really friends if they just learning together? Like, like, like what you do today? Like, all right, recess time. What you do today, Pookie? What you do today, Shatan? What you do? You know, they get to have recess. <laughs> so we have a a five minute chat time, I guess you can call it. So. We have time specifically to ask each other, "Hey, how you doing? What color you? What color shirt you got on today? What color pants you got on today? How you feeling today? Uh, what's your day like? Like we have time specifically for that to get that social thing going because they were shy because they're little. So I want them to be able to interact with each other. So initially, at first, I was giving them five minute breaks to do that, and they would just sit there and look at each other. Yeah. Now I have kids when they log on. We have like a five minute time to have them log on. So they're like, well, where's Sebastian at? Where's this person at? Mm. Now they're looking for each other. Uh, hey, I know when I used to be in school, and like one of my friends that I always fuck with, and they didn't come to school that day, that kind of fucked my whole day off. Like, yeah, damn. That type of way. Romando didn't come to school today? Mm. What the fuck wrong with Romando? You know what I'm mm. saying? You, you going over there next morning to pick him up for school. Like, hey, right. nigga, what's with you? After you get out of school, right. yeah, go by his house, where you was at? Look, 
Right. So mm-hmm. like when schools start, they were like, well, we're not going to wait for it. I'm like, well, they going to come there. Oh, okay. And then the next day they went along. Well, where were you at? Y'all, you went to school. It's like, and then I'm, I'm finding out at home, they're talking about school. They're talking about the kids in school. So they're making friends. Right. They just. They can't commute. I mean. Act, they can't touch act, each other. Yeah, they can't. They can't. So, okay, check this out. Now, y'all on the computer. What you call this virtual school? Yes. Okay, now in virtual school, in, in um, Little Stars, Little Shooting Stars development program, we have physical, we have a physical development process that I see listed here. And I'm wondering, you on the computer, <laughs> so whether y'all have like like a, a 10 minute aerobics class, or how you give them physical, or are you talking about the other part of your business, the physical part? You ain't talking about virtual physical no, training. No, we have music and movement. Oh, so y'all be dancing like two steps, hey? <laughs> you know my, my granddaughter do that. She take a dance class on the computer. And she, sometimes she'd call me on her phone while she's doing her thing in the class. And I, I could see it on the phone and she'd be dancing in front of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so. We have, like, so there's ways to get physical, uh, physical. So, hold on, let me back up. I provide, I provide um, a, a developmental assessment. So, I take it initially when they start in the middle, and then at the end so that you can see how your child has progressed while they've been with me. So when I say physical development, that's just basically, you know, being able to move your head, being able to hold the pencil the correct way, being able to jump, uh-huh. being able to hop, being able to, like stuff like that. Because as you get older, you have to build those skills. When you old, when you, when you are age, you think you just learn how to jump, but not really. You learn how to move your foot, then you learn how to move your ankle. All that stuff moved at one hand, you know, it coordinated together so it's just like learning how to ride a bike coordinations right you have to learn different skills at different times so i I teach it that way so it's like different types of movement skills so like when you seen his shake your sillies out it was allowing them to jump and turn and move their different body like large motor skills as well as small motor skills. so he was over there doing what they was doing on the video yes that's also part of me giving them a break. A mental break. A mental break. Get some physical air right quick, young lady. Yeah, I could dig it. Huh. Okay. So, okay, on your courses, I, already, I understand what... Well, I don't understand what phonics is. I thought that was reading. When we was little, they had some course you could take called... Hooked on phonics. Hooked on phonics. Correct. Like, that's reading. Right. That's just basically how to, to learn how the alphabet sound... Okay. It's putting sounds together. So that's like a kindergarten course. Like it, A, B, C, D, and A. Basics. A stand for apple and banana. So banana. my kids, when we learn the vowels, for example, I teach them I has two sounds. It has a big sound and it has a little sound. So it says big I, 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 ice cream, and little I, 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 igloo. <laughs> okay, we ain't finna take you. Ain't wow, finna that's how they us. did us. We ain't finna start, <laughs> we ain't finna start no class. Right here. <laughs> but it's, that's what phonics is. So, yeah, most people, so let's back up. Phonics is important because it teaches you how to read. Right. Most people don't like reading because they didn't learn how to properly sound out words. 
Okay, so that's what phonics is, helping them sound out yeah. the words, then math, then sign. Okay, what is manipulative? That is hell? using your hands like with Legos and stuff like that. So it's using your hands to build things and manipulate things. Me, yeah, oh, okay. manipulate stuff with your hands, physically. Correct. Yeah. So it's like art projects and it's like messing with Legos. It's like counting with blocks and stuff like that. So I use everyday home stuff to teach. Like, so... Um, so, so you got to di- let me know when you differentiate. You you have your daycare and you teach them. Mm-hmm. And you have your your online classes as mm-hmm. you teach. So some of this stuff you teach to one set and some of this stuff... You might teach to both sets, and some of the stuff you just teach to the other. Bro, you give them right? all a little bit of everything. So, like, do you have your kids doing jumping jacks at the house when you? Met, I mean, in the daycare, like, come on, exercise. Yeah, but you, but you, but not the ones on virtual. Yes. Oh, so they get the whole full time. Yes. So we do head, shoulder, knees, and toes. Everything that I would do inside of a preschool class, I do. Inside of the virtual class, you play that song, heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. Work that body, cross the floor. You don't know that song? I don't know that song, but I'm gonna look it up now. You don't know that song? Mm-mm. You know that song, don't you, boogie? I heard of you. I ain't making this shit up, am I? I don't know. That's a song. That's heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. Work that body, cross the floor. Nah, y'all slow. Man, y'all sure. Sure. I, okay, I'm on. I'm on. Shoulder, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. No, it's a, it's a more. <laughs> oh, yeah, that it's one, a, that little video you showed us earlier. It's yeah. a more <laughs> rhythmatic hey, version. Hey, that shit tripped me out, that. though. That was, they were saying. Yawn. That was a whole different thing. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, shake your cities out. That wasn't <laughs> yeah, your shoulders, knees, and toes. That's what I'm saying. Work that body. Like, Cross the floor. I'm, all right, I'm going I'm to I'm post that on Facebook. I'm going to ask people, y'all remember hear that song, Head, Shoulders, Steve, and Toe? Oh, that wasn't the name of the song. That was the... Uh, <laughs> um, that was kind of like the hook. Yeah. Uh, it might have been the name of it, but I don't even for sure. I know that was the hook. Head, shoulders. I can't think of no more words either. That's fucked up. <laughs> Okay, so how you liking your business? I am absolutely enjoying myself. I'm going to be honest with you. I have learned a lot of things working inside of child care centers, having an in-home daycare. I've I've learned what I do not want to deal with. And by having an online preschool I'm able to teach the children who want to learn and they are receiving the information they are learning they are having fun and I am fulfilling my purpose like I felt like just having a daycare I wasn't teaching so that's why I want to transition to a preschool but you do teach at your daycare I do but I didn't feel like I was this allows me to expand and use the curriculum and use all the training and all the things that I've been taught, you know, and it allows me to utilize and create versus just being considered a babysitter. Well, I ain't had no babysitters and no daycare when I was little. It's like, you don't go to school, nigga, stay your ass at home. I was five years old at the house by myself. <laughs> Motherfuckers ain't gonna admit that shit. I'm, I'm not making this shit. Am I lying, Pooh? Well, he don't know because he people. was two at five. When I was five, but I'm just saying we right. they we used to watch each other. We as little bitty motherfuckers. I was a mm. lot, la, la, so l- latchkey kid also. So these, what's that mean? I, 
went home and locked the door and you better not open it. Oh yeah, well we opened that motherfucker though. We was all down the street till we was just we couldn't get caught. <laughs> make it home before they get back from Bingo. Yeah, you see that car hit the corner. You better duck in the bushes and hit gates and stuff. And get back to the house. Slide back through that back door where you can't. Cause you ain't coming out the front door. Cause that's an easy bus. You gotta open it and close it. You gonna hit the back gate and run around that back and go in there and watch TV like you ain't been nowhere. See, I just saw you right down the street. That kid. wasn't me. That was This is why I didn't have no curfew because my grandma knew that I wasn't gonna do none of that shit. Cause I didn't want. I heard the stories that my folks said, and I didn't want to feel none of the raft that they, they gave. I didn't want none of that. So, so I didn't even try. Trip. We didn't we have a curfew. It's hey, just our parents was, just thought we yeah, did. Hey, when we was little, <laughs> my ass whooping was part of the game. <laughs> fuck up, get caught, ass whooping. That's why we was a little bit slicker. Yeah, exactly. And then we learned from some slick niggas in the hood that was slicker than us. And we okay. learned people taught how to be you was taught how to be slick, man. You was taught like it's a big sister or something. Nigga, you better go Me and my sister gonna steal my mama candy off the side of her nightstand while she's sleeping her head right there. <laughs> we'll we'll crawl in there and she'll hold my I'll hold her ankle. And she'd crawl up in there and put her, just raise her hand up there. Because we'd look at where the candy at before we get in the room. Yeah, we, okay, we plot the shit out. And then when she grabbed the candy and my mama moved, I grab her foot. And then she just freeze. I'm talking about you got to have cold nerves of steel to freeze with your hand up on my mama candy. <laughs> and she moved and catch your motherfucking hand up on that candy. It's ass beatings for everybody. Mm. It's ass beats. And the whole house going to be woke up. Phone calls going to be made. These motherfuckers stealing from me. Mm. <laughs> It was going to be a real big offer, and we took the chance. We took the chance. That's how we was, little uncle. Like, fuck, going to get an ass whooping. We'll fight right in front of him. No, we getting our ass beat, fight right. Nigga hit me, taking off right in front of mama. Nigga, what the fuck? Take it off. Nigga, bang, 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 bang. Ass whooping. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Get our ass whooped, stupid. Come on, can I spend the night, though? Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about a little kid. But it's been fun. It's, it's been a, a joyful thing to talk to you. So basically, you was a black entrepreneur what? woman. Black woman, that's an entrepreneur. That's a sister, a black queen. Entrepreneur. Who, wait a minute, we didn't even talk about the part that you quit your job. You just said, fuck that. I ain't working for these motherfuckers. I'm supposed to do my own motherfucking thing. You quit your... Now, you didn't just have a job and then start this on the under. You just quit. You just took a chance and just threw everything and just jumped in the river. You just said, fuck it. Kind of. It was more so like, I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. So, hey, we finna sink or swim. Right. And I'm not finna sink. Yeah, you've been doing pretty good. So it seemed like the way you've been talking about this, like you've been doing this for like a couple of years, and you only you just started this what a month ago? Well, you started so the process. Oh, I don't know what's the one. So the okay. The whole business from the gate to the so the it's been <laughs> a year on January sixth. It turned okay. a year that I started this. Okay. Um, I started an online preschool on January 18th. Last month. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So you really been doing your thing already. Oh, yeah. You got your foot in the door already. Yeah. 
Well, well, it was a joy having you here. Well, tell people how to get into you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I had a three-year-old, this is a question that's been in my mind ever since you talk, we talked about this, and I forgot to ask it. So we're going to ramble on and talk about this one question. If I had a three-year-old and I was looking for a daycare, nursery school, a virtual uh, teacher for any age, from the three, but I had a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a fifteen-year-old, and I was looking for places to put them in educational-wise. Why would I choose your school over all the other schools in the country or close to my area that they can go to? What what's something special? Is it you know something? What, why? Why would I choose you? Because I will give. I provide a love and support and a care to each child, no matter where they came from, no matter what environment they came from, no matter what color they are. I treat each child as if they're my own child. And I make sure that I give them the tools and the skills that they need to be successful in life, not only as a child, but also as an adult. I make sure that I provide the social needs, that I meet the social needs, that I meet the emotional needs, that I provide the academic skills to give them the essential necessities to be a well-balanced person. I have the experience as well as the knowledge and the training, and I combine all those things together to create a lovely environment for children who just want a chance to learn. All right. And I commit myself to changing children yeah. one child at a time. Yeah, I've been thinking more and more along that route myself. I could dig that, though, yeah. I, I've been thinking. Okay, here we go. Well, besides, we ain't even going to talk about your school right now. Now, I just want to have a question about school and children. Because I have a lot of friends who believe strongly, I believe strongly, that it's time for us to teach our kids, you know, the truth. Teach our own, teach the, our kids stuff that these schools ain't teaching them. That's kind of like slowing us down a little bit, you know. So, but I was figuring, I figure it's time, but I ain't too sure that we ready. And what I mean by that is like, what? If we all black folks all decided, let's all teach our own kids. What curriculum, what special curriculum are we going to be teaching them? Or are we going to be teaching them the same stuff they learned in public school? I'm saying, do you feel that this is... It should be. I'm not saying you teach this in your school because a lot of people ain't ready for this and they ain't gonna. But I'm just saying, do you feel that as a black people, ain't nothing to do with shooting stars. As black people, are we ready to teach our own kids? Do we need to get together first and figure out a curriculum? What are we about to teach them? What what true history or facts or whatever? What what uh, improvement over the public schools are we about to give our kids by teaching them at home? I feel we can do it, but I feel that we have to come up with an idea to know what the hell we teach. I mean, what's the right. difference? Different, a lot of the ways to make that happen. 
Right. We come to the court. So my answer is probably going to lead to another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But here it go. I feel like before you can teach a child, we as black people have to get on one accord. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. We can't go around teaching children five different things. Because they don't know whether, do I believe in God? No, I don't believe in God. Do I believe in Jesus? No, I don't believe. He told me not to. She told me to. I don't. We we got, we have all these different theories, all these different thoughts, feelings, dreams, desires, all these different things that people didn't call their truths. And children are just soaking all these things up. So if I go into this door, I hear one thing. I go into this door, I hear, well, that what, what they told you over there, that's a lie. Then I go into this door, well, that's not a lie, but this is... How can we decide what to teach our child when we're learning all this different stuff and spewing all these different ideas? Right. We got to get our foundation right. That's what I said. We got to come to one curriculum. That's what I was saying. Foundation. I figured the truth. The truth is something. You know, like, do you know? Can't beat that. You know, like. Don't got to. Like the way they teach history. Like, I don't believe that, uh. I don't think religion should be taught in schools, and I'm going to tell you why. A lot of people feel it should be, but it's a lot of different... What religion are you going to teach? Because the people right. have different religions. So you have to teach every religion. Yeah, for every, you can't just yours. Teach. Yeah, right, right, right. Correct. But So here's the thing. Here's because where here's where stuff gets sticky. And I use the word sticky because people tap sticky. dance on beliefs. I believe that this is true, but I don't believe it is true. So people want kids to have all these rights. They want you to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I don't want to learn that. There was a uh, Utah. Utah just had to decide that they was not going to exclude black history because they hadn't thought that it was important to teach it. So that and means they is going to teach. Now, because they they were they reluctantly decided that they were going to continue to continue. Yeah, that's why a lot of people pressure. saying that we should need to teach our own kids that part of the game. Correct. But it's getting lost. Texas did that too. I know, so we got to find it because it's still there. It's not lost. It's and just then it's the, the, Well, right. and then it's how it's translated also. Right. But the truth only can be translated one way. But your truth is different than my truth, and my truth is different than his truth. Uh, so what truth is, do we teach the kids? It's, it's the truth we that they it. try to push on us. We need to push our own. Real but it's like truth, truth on like them. this, like it's like black people inhabited every part of this land, like stuff like that. Do you know it's black Orientals? It's black Mexicans. We've been left hey, Africa dang. before the white man even knew how to. I'm talking about truth like that. Like, I can't get off into specifics about them situations, but I know I have an a, a understanding of some of them parts. Like, I know the black man, I know they left Africa and came to America way before the white man ever came. And I know oh, yeah. the black man taught them how to be civilized, how to put up street lights. And, and you know, it wasn't no, it wasn't no alligators in Italy. You know what I'm saying? And they, and, they, and they make all the alligator shoes and stuff. But black men took them alligators, hipped them to them alligators. I mean, I know a lot it's a lot of them truths. That's the truth about your blackness, the truth about who you really are. 
Not the truth that you was a, a fucking peasant. You was kings and queens, like motherfuckers, like like the gold that these motherfuckers sell at you in the jewelry stores. They basically came to Africa and took that shit, diamonds and all the resources come from fucking Africa, basically. I agree. You know what I'm saying? But and, and then they trying to say top of Africa, Egypt ain't Africa. Motherfucker, you trying to take our whole black history away from us. What you fuck you mean? Egypt. Nah, all, I re- they trying huh? to say the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling East. you all Egypt is, Africa, is not the Middle East. They That's made it the Middle East now, but what I'm telling you is Muslims live there. Because it was situations that pushed the black people out. All over there. I don't really know the the, the, the details of the situation. There's still a lot of black people in them countries that we don't see about, like in Israel. Right, there's niggas everywhere. But I'm just saying them types of things that troops. Like, I don't know what religion you want to believe in and stuff. But the truth is, black man, you know how they try to say uh, Christianity is a white man's... Uh, it's the version that you're giving is a white man. Black... I could I could show you in the Bible and all that where, stuff. Where, the where, version where, they try to give us. Yeah, and you go places in the world where they got the pictures of Jesus Christ, the black versions of the of the disciples and all that. Even those in the Vatican, made. they got black shit. Yeah, but there's certain things you can change, and there's certain stuff that's carved in stone that's been there for years that will let you know the truth. When I was to, talking about yeah. beliefs, I wasn't just talking about religion though. Right, I I'm talking about just basic like. Yeah, they're so. Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Everybody want to be in control and dictate what you what's right and what's wrong. If I say I'm, if I say I'm gonna spend three thousand dollars and buy me a car, there's gonna be five people telling me why I shouldn't buy my car with my money. That's not your business. Yeah, them, them ain't, yeah. So, in order to get on one accord, you got to figure out what is a priority, what's not important. How can we unite with each other? How can we unify the community versus tear that shit down? How can we start building each other up? Because we fight each other every single day. Right. That shit's old. Yeah. So how do we get to a point where we realize that we are our worst enemy? Because everybody else worked together. We the only people that got the crab in the bucket mentality still. I know, but this is, these are uh, well, I implanted I think all poisons. It's, in our, it's, in our, it's been taught to us. Like you've been taught to go buy white folks clothes. And you've been taught to right. go... Because of where we at, though. Do this and and think certain ways, and you know, like like black women ain't beautiful. You got to, you need long hair down to your ankles. You know, and you've been taught to know your nose need to be. Li- this, this, I don't know. Well, man. old school. Yeah, it's like, like high body shapes. You should be. Say, say black is beautiful and love yourself, but we change ourselves every day to be. I agree. To be, and uh, that's because we have all these different standards that. We holding ourselves to based on somebody else's preference, thoughts, and ideas. Yeah. And this same thought's been around, but it's time for motherfuckers to just start digging themselves, whether they come to this this table or that table or another table. Motherfuckers gonna have to start coming to tables and getting understandings. But shit just gonna be like it is. And respect each other's table. Respect right. is where we start. And yes. the problem and is understanding. Oh, that's what Charles is talking about. If yeah. you teach a kid respect, whether he give a fuck about what you're saying or not, he going to listen to why? Because he respects you. Yeah. It goes back to the right. R and stars. Respect right. is one of the one of the principles that they learn. That's like my kids. They grown as fuck. Some of them do crazy shit. But I check them how the fuck I feel out of my heart. And you know what they do? They listen. 
Even if they ain't listening, they give me the respect to let me say what the fuck I got At to say. At least making it sound good. And that's just to be, I love them for giving me that respect. Because they could right. say, Pops, you trip and fuck you. Right? They couldn't do that. But they just, and that's, know, and that's what y'all would say. If you teach a kid, like, like, like it was certain teachers at your school that you didn't even give a fuck about. You're like, fuck him. And this one teacher that you had a lot of respect for, it wasn't that you were scared of, it was that you respected him. And he pull you to the side and he be like, come on, man, I gotta go. We finna have a basketball game. He be like, let's let me talk to you though. Ooh, you gonna sit there and listen to that out of respect. Another teacher, you be like, man, I gotta go, catch me later. You gonna cut. When you respect somebody, even when they, you don't wanna hear it, you listen. Right. Correct. That's if we gotta that, teach our kids that shit. That man. was one of the reasons why I enjoyed being a sub in East Palo Alto and Menlo Park. Because I could see those same kids walking around on the street and be like, hey, get up off this corner. Or, hey, what you, what do you, Oh, all right, all right Miss Moore. And out of respect, they would pull their pants up or get off the corner or whatever I asked them to do, they would do it. I was just a substitute teacher, but they had that respect for me. It all came with the relationship that we created, though. Because, again, I could have just been a regular sub and just got there for my money. I'm just here for my money. And when I'm going, I'm gone. But I didn't, I didn't see it like that. I was trying to make sure that I created the relationship and the bond with these children that was going to last way past me leaving their classroom. Right. And you be talking with that teacher when they 30 and 40. I remember Miss Wooty Woo taught me a whole lot. That's what helped me. For, yeah, she was cool with me. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard somebody say that not too long ago. Seemed like somebody was talking about a teacher that they like. Yeah, that was me talking about Miss Francois. Uh, yeah, we gonna go and end this, man, because this, uh, we didn't wait over like an hour and 30 minutes. We ain't even got no monetization to help us with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we just float like we, you know what I'm saying? We baller, baller. With the, Good night, uh, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's been a pleasure. But did you tell them about how to contact your uh, school, your website, your pages? Just go on and tell them. You need, you need some help? You can, you can reach us at littleshootingstars.com. That is L-I-T-T-L-E-S-H-O-O-T-I-N-G-S-T-A-R-Z dot com. Okay. And I seen that you had an email contact for people or something. That was my email. Oh, well, the email I wrote off the thing is little shoot. Oh, you said both of them. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure I'm hot. Don't pay attention to me. I'm not a teacher. I don't have to get up to teach no kids in the morning. <laughs> So, so, it's been fun, y'all, but we out of here, man. We go. But we gotta go, y'all. Thanks for listening. Tune your asses in next week. Roll cat. Oh.